0: Hello, here is Heidi, the co-founder of the wisdom factory. And today I have here in person, a person who up to now, I knew only via internet, via video camera. And he is Simon Stella from Canada. This and yeah. And in the series conversations that matter, we want to offer you a conversation that matter. And that is about, let's say, learning what our life is about and unlearning what it shouldn't be anymore about <laughs> or something like that. And I invite him to tell us a little bit about his ideas of unlearning.
1: Thank you. <laughs> okay. uh, I'll try not to be uh, too uh, intellectual. It's going to be a uh, interesting because even though there is only you and me, I feel that I have a whole audience watching me. Um, Many years ago, I decided that uh, something needed to be done for me to be able to move forward. I was uh, a little, stuck. So I wanted to get unstuck. So I started spending some time on the computer, 15 minutes a day, searching for things that would attract me. And this word unlearning seemed to be uh, like, that's an interesting word, unlearning, what does it mean? And so I also decided to do it Uh, intuitively rather than uh, intellectually. So I didn't look for specific things. I just let the computer play games with me. So I would put a certain phrase and then whatever came up, I would just spontaneously hit on one of them that appealed to me, but in a split second without giving it much thought. And I found it very enlightening because somehow I, after many years, I ended up with uh, finding out about many famous uh, writers, researchers, philosophers, and a lot of them were all interconnected. That's what I found the most uh, interesting part, like uh, Gene Houston and uh, Albert Einstein. Uh, Taylor de Chardin and Gene Houston, uh, Ken Wilber and uh, many other uh, that's people that I knew, uh, uh, even Robin Williams, uh, uh, singers, authors, all kinds of people that they had known each other in the past in this last 40, 50 years, somehow they started coming together. You know, this is very, very very fascinating. There is more to it. And, but the clue that I had was to be, to allow myself the freedom to use my intuition. And since I knew that I wasn't doing this for monetary uh, rewards, uh, I, it was not a job that I was being paid. Uh, so many dollars per per day, I was free to do it exactly the way I wanted, and uh, I had very good results and after many years now i 'm uh, totally convinced that we definitely we are in the midst of unlearning who we think that we are and uh, who we want to be and uh, looking into the future is to be looking into the present. So many features of of my understanding have changed totally over the years.
0: Okay, when I interfere here, so far it seemed to me more about learning, that you have learned a whole lot of stuff which you didn't know before. So where comes the unlearning end?
1: The unlearning end comes from the fact that I was not using empirical research. I was not using the usual methodology of doing every research, of making a, a strategy and then following it methodically and uh, making the links in a very certain way. I would just allow things to happen. Uh, one thing that I started doing was collecting quotes, for example, and okay. I would just put, throw 40 quotes together and see how would they speak to me, not necessarily to anyone, but how do they speak to me together when I put them in a sequence and just w- listen to all of them continuously, not just once or twice, but then the next day I would do it again and I'd play it again, and until I started saying, well, there, there is th- there's a message, even though all the quotes are not from the same author and they're not necessarily from the same style of researcher. One might have been a singer, another one have been a priest, another one might have been a astrophysicist. Different categories, they started blending together.
0: So to me, what you are explaining is the feminine way of doing research.
1: (laughs) Uh, That's very interesting because yeah, oh, that's another part of me, all my life I've been interested in understanding in the depth of me, uh, the female part of me,
0: mm. or the
1: the, the the yin and the yang, how they blend together.
0: And to me, it sounds yeah. like this way of doing is the feminine way, which yeah. is not very accepted in our society, at least was not. Yeah. We are doing a little bit, and when you do it as a man, it's really great. Yeah. That's the feminine way to explain what I have learned, what the feminine way is, is to know a little bit what we want to do, where we want to go. So sort of, you know, the Mm -hmm. North Star. Yeah. And then we just go, we just do something as you, you say you you give a word in and then the the results come up and then we read it and see, can we use that for uh, where I want to go or not? And then... Collect all the things together while going, or you can say build the plane while <laughs> while am flying. You know, yes, and that sounds to me very much like it. Without really knowing what exactly will come out, yes, because we haven't predefined uh, what exactly comes yeah. out. While the masculine way normally is what you say structuring. Knowing where to go, knowing what we have, knowing what we to, tools we have, yeah. and knowing projecting the trajectory, which that we need to do until we come there, yeah. and that's that's so far the most accepted way, you know, yeah. and also the not really yeah intuition yeah but don't 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 tell about it that you're yeah. using don't intuition. tell them yeah don't tell them I use
1: my intuition otherwise yeah. <laughs> it's strange. But I found out that uh, I, as I practice my intuition, it keeps on getting better and to the point that I use it more in mundane situations. And it does help me to uh, overcome and to uh, overcome obstacles or to come up with solutions which are difficult for other people because they're using a standard approach to solving problems whereas uh, I, I feel comfortable using my intuition and it's perfectly fine because do
0: you have an I, example where you use them um, oh, this way of, of procedure
1: I have two particular examples of uh, for example not to take things for granted of, of assuming incorrectly because it's obvious that certain things are happening one was and in the dead of winter uh the traffic started slowing down and actually was hardly moving and i found out that there was a car that was sitting by the side and it was snowing very hard and i go But I wasn't sitting by the side. They could have moved the car a little bit over so that the traffic could have continued. So the initial impact, initial thought was, look at that stupid person who take, they could have just moved a little bit over so that uh, we can, uh, doesn't block all the traffic. And as I'm passing, I sense something was not right. So instead of continuing on, I parked right in front of the car, went back to the person, she rolled down the window and said, uh, something wrong I can help you with? She says, yeah, my car just died on the spot. And I'm trying to reach my husband, but my cellular phone pro- uh, died. And she has two kids in the back. And the temperature is like minus 20. Oh, wow. This is in, uh, in Toronto, Canada. So I says, okay, just a minute. So I go back to my car get my cellular phone. See here, use my phone. Um... Uh, Call your husband. And she was so thankful that that I did that. And it's just such a simple gesture. So as I'm walking back into the car, tears start coming down my face, realizing if I would have just continued, like most of us do in our life, to just put on the blinders and not think about it, this person would have been sitting there still longer until someone passed by that would have stopped like me or the police would get there. But there was so much traffic, the police couldn't even get there. So assumptions that we make. Said, stop the assumptions and follow your instinct or your intuition. As if I did, that's what I'm saying. I do trust it even more because I did that. And another situation was that s-
0: would be check reality. Yeah, if the reality is, is fitting your assumptions or not, instead of acting on the assumptions, yeah. you have no. Yeah, if that's what you did. Uh,
1: but it, it's it's the in the first attack that it happens to to yourself is to say, look at that that silly person. Uh, another one was again the same thing with another car. That we're coming along, and uh, there's a small car sitting on the road, and there's people in front of it talking about the car. I go, there's three people, whatever it is, it's a small car. They could have, they can just push it aside. What, what's wrong with them? As I'm passing, I realize that they're all looking at the wheel in front, which had gone flat like this, the right. uh, completely collapsed. So there is no way they could have moved the car. So again, making the assumption that those people are stupid or they're silly, they don't know what they're doing, and I do. Mm-hmm. And I go, whoop,
0: whoop, whoop. Yeah, so. it's our righteous anger because yeah. they are uh, hindering us to do what we want to do. No? Yeah. And so we express it in anger or yeah. in, in, in blame or in diminishing yeah. uh, the other people instead of yeah. Really <laughs> seeing maybe yeah.
1: something else behind, yeah. no? So this, and that's at the very basic level of life, mundane. But then the unlearning actually happens at many different levels that we unlearn, or at least I've been working on unlearning not only my immediate gut reactions, but also my philosophical reactions to life and my systemic reactions to life so that I'm constantly adjusting all my different perspectives that I have of human beings, the planet, cosmos, everything. So nothing's excluded. And the point when I reached that, I met by stroke of coincidence or whatever. I ended up on a website that had to do with Ken (laughs) Wilbur, which is so... Which
0: is connecting us. Yeah,
1: (laughs) which is now connecting us because we both are uh, students of the integral theories and there is very much a lot to be learned. And I know very well that it's not easy. I almost feel that... You need to unlearn certain things before you can tackle uh, Wilbur's uh, theories, because they are rather sophisticated. They're, uh, the, the language is very um, uh, I particular. don't know what you call, particular. Yeah, particular. it's very articulate, so you, you need to have a dictionary beside you. So unless you have the patience to say, "Okay, I don't know what this word means, I don't know what it's trying to say here, I have to go back and reread and take the time
0: because I know that that's important. Yeah, fortunately there are people who can explain it to you in a, in a shorter way. Mm-hmm. But what I think what is important to unlearn when you are getting into integral theory is to um, we normally put things together for granted, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, we instead, uh, constantly conf- conf- confound, confuse, yeah. confuse, uh, for instance, what in Ken Weber's in theory is the left-hand quadrant and the right-hand quadrant. Yes. There is no distinction in many people's argumentation. Yeah. So they, they don't even realize that they are talking about, not necessarily about different things, but about different aspects. And yeah. for me, the the main uh, um, thing is, for instance, when they talk about you know these people who are fascinated of... Um, uh, artificial intelligence that sooner or later um, the the machine can feel and stuff like this no and Mm -hmm. express everything that just can't happen because it's on different on different levels Mm -hmm. or then they think when you put these machines on your brain and you you um, connect uh, and measure the brain waves then you will know what they think you will never know what they think because it's on the other. On the inside side and not on the outside side well, and uh, things like this help you to to uh, this end entmix, mix how do yeah. you say uh, unmix uh, yeah. the the things which otherwise get so muddled yeah. muddled up
1: well because i have taken also the next step on, and uh, uh, do a little bit of understanding of the eastern philosophy and that threw open a whole new vast expanse of of understanding. And uh, we keep talking about the brain as a physical entity. But then there is, even that is not really physical because it's atomic structure. But beyond that, there is the energy that surrounds us, energy that comes in, energy that comes out. And just because we cannot physically see it although there is people who do have that uh, strange ability to see it it's there so to talk about the brain as the main component of the human being and forgetting that we have energy flowing in us and out of us and communicating and relating and vibrating with the universe that's very silly and, but you have to take the time to even study it, understand it. So that's what I did. I, I, I started checking different uh, avenues and I found a few really interesting professionals who are doing it very professionally, not uh, in a facetious way. And I am going to throw a name out. Yeah, sure. Uh, One of them is Donna Eden, E-D-E-N, who has been doing uh, energy medicine for the last 35 years. And uh, she's well respected in the field. And then many people have picked up her ideas and uh, make it their own and and created small groups of uh, people or uh, started doing some uh, helping other people with understanding energy medicine rather than pills, medicine. And it's quite real and I went further. I said, is there anybody in my neighborhood who is a certified energy medicine specialist? And I even found that. So I said, okay, I'm going to have an interview with that person because I want to know that it's it's really real. So I The cynic within me, which is always there, a little bit of healthy cynicism is is okay. There's nothing wrong with it. It's good to have it. Do you call it it
0: cynicism? Is it more doubtfulness or something? Criticism?
1: No, not criticism. Cynicism is, uh, is, yeah, you're doubting something. I'm not so sure that this is really real, is it fake? Uh, Let's check it out. I even did that with uh, Ken Wilber. When I first found out about him, I went all the way around Ken Wilberts, is is this person real? Are his books uh, as uh, respected as he says that they are? And uh, the people that follow him? Yes, and uh, it's interesting. With anyone who is well known, there's always gonna be a small group who are... uh, negative about oh, yeah. it, who are, are just uh, trying to find faults into uh, a theory, which is fine. Even Wilbur smiles. at that's please go ahead and work on finding problems with what I'm saying so that it helps me to improve on it. So it doesn't take it as a negative, it takes it as a as a positive
0: uh, criticism. Which is a good way of, uh, yeah. a, let's say, scientists to do, you yeah. know, because that's at the end what science is? You don't want to to uh, prove something which you have already thought out, and only try to find ways that it is proved at the end. But mm. real science is to start and find out what mm. what comes out. You know, yeah. and that's what Werber did. You yeah. know, he started with this uh, trying to figure out why why so many different forms of psychotherapy exist, and everybody thinks they have the right form. They, yeah their approach is right yeah. and the others are ah, okay you, yes.
1: no,
0: you know and so he said it cannot be and so it, one of the first books no boundaries it's called yeah. he he figured out that all, everybody has a part of the truth and some uh, therapy forms are better for some um uh let's say um, psychological problem and others for, for others. And yeah. also for the levels he already had included. Yeah. So it was, very, but th- that is how we should do science, whatever we understand yeah. our, our science. And what yeah. you are doing is science at the end because you are exploring uh, well, things. Well, that's and, funny that
1: uh, you're putting it in that form because initially I thought it was just silly Simon playing silly games with uh, the computer. And But because I had the freedom of doing exactly what I wanted to do and uh, I had no no dilemmas about it and there was no pressure to get something done today or in one week, I just let it continue to to develop and the results have been, uh, I would say, quite astounding. And uh, 20 years later, I feel that I'm in a good place. At least I feel at peace with myself that no matter what, it's uh, everything is okay. And I can truly say everything's okay, regardless of what the outside circumstances uh, may be.
0: I think that needs a little bit more explanation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How did you get there? <laughs> Only by researching things on the computer, there must be a little bit more.
1: Well, no, the more the, the research actually developed into uh, not pilgrimage, but uh, connecting with interesting people in uh, different places. I spent a uh, few years with a very interesting group uh, that uh, wanted to uh, bring peace on earth and. Uh, I traveled through Europe for three months. Um, I spent uh, another year and a half with a, uh, not a guru, uh, a shaman, no, I don't know what that is. Very high caste. Anyway, it's like a guru, uh, but Swami, Swami Mm -hmm. Chimayananda and I traveled uh, with him while he was in Ontario, and then he decided he wanted to go to Boston to open up uh, a temple, and I went with him, and what an experience it was to live and breathe with the whole group of uh, Indians who were with him, who understood what his message was, and he was a very intelligent, very intelligent fellow, and I had the privilege of driving him in my car. With <laughs> I would have never thought that, that was part. I thought he would have had his own limousine, and says, "No, I want to go with Simon." What <laughs> <laughs> you want to go in my little sports car? He says yes. Okay, <laughs> I will go in the little sports car, and I was shitting bricks because I had Swami Chidambara sitting in my car, driving to Boston. But what a privilege and, and, and an honor it was. So it's things like that which sort of throw you for a, a curve in terms of uh, understanding uh, reality. And uh, after that, I've met a few very interesting people. Uh, and and at this point, uh, uh, it's, it's been an experiential experience. So I should <laughs> say, it hasn't been... Just being on books, reading books, or watching uh, computers, uh, videos, etc. It's been a combination of everything of experiencing life uh, in itself. I last two months, for example, I've traveled through uh, uh, California, uh, Canada, Croatia, China, and right now I am in Italy. And in a couple of weeks I'm going back to Croatia and a week and a half later, I'm going back to China where my wife is anxiously waiting for me (laughs) to return. She's been so gracious to uh, say, okay, go ahead, you need to do some traveling and uh, finding things out.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting question. How does she take it, all your your adventures, let's say?
1: (laughs) It's kind of a funny, it's even hard to express because I think she uh, understands more that she lets out that she understands because there are certain times that has happened a couple of times where I first met uh, Martin Caruthers that she said, you need to go. You need to go and see what's going on there what, uh, or go and heal yourself or, or, or find yourself. So I ended up in Croatia quite a few years back where I met Martin Cabruthers, who is a relationship, relationships expert and uh, healing expert and works with psychotherapists to improve on their strategies to help people, to speed the process of healing rather than taking so long. So he's a healer of healers <laughs> in, in a certain way. And I had the privilege to to, uh, have him uh, as one of my mentors. And it's, you know, what else can you ask for from life when you get to have that special connection?
0: And your wife sensed that you needed it, and she said, go, go.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That's
1: great. Yeah, same same thing with this last trip. Uh, I mentioned it once, and then I let it go. And then so many months later, she says, oh, you know, well, I start the school in China. It's going to be pretty busy. If you want to go and see Heidi and uh, see Martin, why don't you go? Take take a month, a month and a half ago. Really? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and so it's it's been uh, very interesting. So it's all part of the. To me, it's all part of the unlearning because I'm not pushing for things to happen. And uh, and at the same time, it, it's kind of, how do you explain it? It's that I'm not pushing it, and I am not uh, sitting back and waiting for the universe to send me some messages. So I am active. I am doing things. But I'm not doing it in a forceful way that it has to be my way. So I, it's like, sensing what is the next thing to do. Same as talking. When is the right time to close your mouth and listen? When is the right time to open your mouth and talk? We take it for granted. You know, if I open my mouth, obviously I have something very important to say. And if I don't say anything, it's because it's very important that I should be listening. But if you do all this, Intellectually, it's not going to work. You somehow you have to sense it when is the right time to quiet down and listen, and when is the right time for you to to have the courage to open your mouth and say something.
0: That is a sort of an I, I know that too. No, a sort of an inner impulse which tells you now is your time to speak, and you don't even know yet what you will say sometimes. Yeah. No, and then. Yeah. It happened to you, not before when we had the session with Fleming.
1: But that you did
0: a real great, great job, let's say. in in, in yeah, in
1: yeah. Can I you maybe
0: I- explain this moment? This what happened to you, and do you remember what what it was? Because that, it was I, I witnessed it. no? Yes. So and I, I I didn't tell you, but after you had finished, I got a warm flush of, in my body.
1: Well, there you go. So. Again, these things are are real. It depends on how you define reality. See, my reality is pretty wide, large, big, and deep. And maybe some people's reality is very narrow, so they don't allow for all these experiences. Mila Aliana is another lovely lady that I have a connection with, and I really respect her work, but she's... Another person who senses things, and we did a couple of sessions with Fleming, where she was telling us, okay, as you're talking, where do you feel that? Do you feel a warmth in your stomach? Is it in your heart? Or do you feel something in on the back of your neck? And that starts giving you some clues that there is more to our body than our brain, and our eyes, and our ears, and our mouth. That there is a lot more interaction with uh, uh, with our environment our energy Flowing in and out that there is more to it and we have to start Sinking in with it. You have to sink with it. You have to sense it So with in planning situation was that I all of a sudden it hit me that the past that we keep talking about where all the terrible things have happened I am part of the past. I am not separate from the past. I am one with the past because I am not here appearing at this point in time and then disappearing another point I came because two parents came together. Those two parents came from other parents who came from other parents who came from other parents. And way back, I might have had ancestry who had big responsibilities and wars that occurred or my own being my genes or my past lives if you want to believe in past lives doesn't matter what it is you have a connection with the past so we cannot get disconnected and say those terrible people did those things and those nice people did those things on the other side it's all us or it's all me i am part of that and i have to take full responsibility for where we are now so we stop with the blaming and criticizing and uh it's the pope's fault no it's the uh, muhammad's fault no it's christ's fault or it's buddha's fault and <laughs> then we know what we know it's Hitler, it's
0: it's yeah. uh,
1: Mussolini's fault or uh, Geng- Genghis Khan's fault. Those are just units in time of me. And when you start seeing it from that perspective, it will change your perspective of life. And
0: adding to this, you are practically the result of the past. Mm-hmm. So all these energies are alive in us. Mm-hmm maybe we don't realize it maybe we suppress it whatever but they are there Mm -hmm. and this is what most what most people don't realize they think oh yeah that was you know hitler was my parents stuff or my grandparents stuff Mm -hmm. but what has it to do with me you know Mm -hmm. but no you are you are every person is the result of all the events and all the people who came before so you you have it in some form or other and even maybe yeah. only energetically, yeah. maybe not uh, con- yeah. physically yeah. as as genes or something, yeah. you you have that in your you're living in this field, which is a very really complex yeah. field yeah. Of, of the past, you know, so isn't it better but, to 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 accept it and to to well, realize that in a similar situation, we could do exactly the same yeah. thing if we are not aware yeah. that we have these parts in us no?
1: For me, the, the important part is to realize that you have to do the homework. It's not going to happen overnight. And it's not gonna be just one reading a few passages in a book or reading a few quotes that is going to enlighten you. You, There is homework that to be done. That's what I realized in the long run that I have to sit down and work things out in my own way, but you still have to do some unlearning in order to be able to gain the new perspectives
0: mm-hmm.
1: or gain different perspectives or to have a more encompassing perspective of uh, our life
0: i have never thought in terms of unlearning in that field you know i always saw it in terms of learning and getting richer in experience and in 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 knowledge and let's say wisdom mm-hmm. or something uh, you rightly say that you may need to make space uh, for for the new learning. Uh, I have the experience uh, of unlearning very, very painfully, let's say, in my study of singing. Mm-hmm. I had several teachers and I learned their system mm-hmm. and it brought me always to a certain point. And then I thought, that's not it, that's, that's not right. it. And then I, I went to the next teacher and first I had to unlearn what I was so, yes. so hard to guess yes. before I could uh, learn the next system. And yeah. also with the next system, I arrived at a certain point when I said, no, that's not until I stopped going to teachers, yeah. until I found it myself. Yeah, you know? so that's,
1: <laughs> that's sort of the, the, what do you say that nut to crack, yeah. because you actually have to make space for what you thought you knew and in learning we can enrich ourselves yes infinitely but there is a but you never discover <clears throat> something that is really new from what you knew because you're always creating a chain link mm-hmm. i know this uh, this is kind of new and i does it link oh yeah, it kind of links, okay, I can continue. And you continue to expand your learning, but it's always connected to your original assumptions about yourself, life, etc. So even though you link and you create different links and you get a, a beautiful chain, you're still chained by your original thoughts. Maybe they, they could go back to when you were a child, or a baby, or the way you were treated at home, the way you were schooled, uh, what religion you were in, etc. Those things are embedded in you and you build on it. And it's great. And you become a, an astrophysicist, or you can become the prime minister, or you can become a guru. But if you don't unlearn, you're not cracking the nut. You're not finding out something that is completely outside of your field of understanding. And, I and can, that's hard.
0: Yeah, I can relate to that too. Always yeah. with the example of singing, as I finally understood how singing works by, by research, inner research, and uh, you know all these things, and I began to, to teach, I wasn't accepted from other teachers because mm. I did something completely different than Mm -hmm. they did, you know, Mm -hmm. because it was mine, uh, my research result of myself, because Mm -hmm. I'm my own research object, you know? And so I figured out, oh, this in the body, that feels like this. And I only had to try to find ways to translate what I feel into a language and offer them to them. And then ask them, what is your feeling? And then uh, body feeling, for instance, you know, there are many other things, but what is when you, when you say, oh! what? <laughs> what, what do you feel in your body? Yeah, yeah you hear a sound. Yeah. But yeah. what do you feel in your body? What is going yeah. on? And then I figured out, one, this was not good. So what did I feel? What, what did I do? And then this was good. What was the difference? And so s- slowly I, I figured out how, how to do it. And this I taught to my students with a certain, you know, I, I would say 95% yes. of result. And unless, Good. Uh, especially beginners, yeah. because they didn't know other systems yet. As oh, so soon, they
1: were open.
0: They were open. As soon as people came with other systems, then they thought, oh, what strange things are they doing? Yes. Because my emphasis was on your thoughts, on your beliefs, and on your body feeling. Developed body feeling. I, I found people who had no idea what they felt in their body. Yeah. They, 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 they just didn't know that yeah. they have feet. Yeah. <laughs> so sort
1: of. I only have a mouth and a throat. And yeah, yeah, towel. that
0: should be enough. You know?
1: right. So. Interesting.
0: There yeah. I really can relate to, to, to this unlearning stuff and then learning by yourself, discovering by yourself a thing which is completely new yeah. and which is sort of, Co- contrary to the normal yeah. way of... Uh,
1: counterintuitive. Yeah, yep. to, to, yeah,
0: It's not counterintuitive for, for me. No. But for them, because they not, don't use intu- intuition. They use a system. Right. You know, and when you work with your body and your voice, you, you, you this is the instrument. You cannot use a system. You yeah. have to discover how the instrument works. You Absolutely. know, Absolutely. And so, in this sense, I can uh, really relate... Uh, in the other sense, what you are uh, explaining to me seems to be very much both sort of psychotherapy and sort of spiritual path, mm-hmm. maybe mixed together. Yes, is it? Is it what you well,
1: <clears> think? <throat> well, in in some ways, because of Wilbur, and at the same time because of Simon, I had to put it all together. That I'm not throwing anything out. I'm I'm including everything, so I do include. Um, deep religious understanding and not the surface so that now I can see the surface that there is the, the silliness but in the depth of each religion there is a lot of um, wisdom. wisdom that has to be uh, gathered or gleaned and, and appreciated from all the different paths of uh, knowledge and wisdom from all around the world. So I'm not throwing anything out, whether it's Aborigine, uh, indigenous uh, tribes, uh, whether it's from uh, northern Alaska or the Antarctica or the Amazon forest or central Germany or central Italy or the Pope. It's all there, but we have to go a little deeper to be able to really appreciate it again it's a little bit of homework yeah. or you can do is learn to trust certain authors that you say these authors have a genuine interest in educating me and then you pick it up and the only way you can do it is by learning how to read between the lines and in order to learn to read between the lines you have to do some unlearning so that you know how to read between the lines <laughs> yeah.
0: And coming back to all the religions, yeah. I, I do think at the bottom, they have more or less, more or less, with different uh, emphasis, more yeah. or less the same wisdom to offer, because yeah. we are humans. Yeah. That's another thing about yeah. singing, no? When I discovered these things, and then I, for a while I did Aikido, and I talked oh. with a teacher, and he said, it's the same principles in Aikido, you yes. know? So, that, that, the from, yeah, for me, it's mm-hmm. not uh, uh, to to wonder about because we are human beings. And the inner wisdom is, is that if you live in Africa or if, if you live in Canada or China or wherever, but it, it's not by chance that at the end, the results are, the findings are more or less the same. Yes. You know, from whatever angle you come. Yes. But the, 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 the nucleus of wisdom at the end is yeah quite the same
1: <laughs> that's right.
0: interesting yeah. thank you thank I you think... I think that was a, a wonderful conversation, yes. and I hope you enjoyed it and thank you. we might do another one.
1: who knows maybe
0: with with uh, <laughs> the yes. video in different parts of the world, maybe yes. in China, maybe you are in Canada and probably it was yes. a great pleasure too thank talk you with you
1: mine as well. <laughs>